Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. I'm actually really excited about this message. I came up with like five titles and was trying to pick one um, because this is the key both to success and to failure. This is how to achieve your dreams. Um, This is the greatest predictor of your future. I mean, there's so many different things that I could label this, but I started looking and going, well, if, if I have a dream, how does my dream become a reality? And in I wish having a dream meant it would become a reality. But it's really easy to prove that just because we desire something doesn't mean it'll come to pass. If everything that we greatly desired came to pass, we would all be in great shape. I would still have all my hair. We'd all have enough money. Um, Every missionary would be well-funded. Every outreach would be fully supplied. And every relationship would be healthy. Sadly, that's not true, right? We look and we go, there's areas that I want, but we live in a world that wants to say, whatever you desire, you can have. Whatever you believe, that's good for you, and and that's enough, and it'll be a reality. Why? Because you believe it. Okay, just because you believe it doesn't make it right. If it was, I would have got 100% on every test. I believed I was right. Teacher disagreed. But just because I believed it didn't make it so. And I look and I go, well, but we live in this world that's so full of entitlement that it goes through and and people go, but but I want this, so shouldn't it just be mine? Shouldn't it just come to me? And I I was chuckling about this because I've been pondering this message for the last couple of weeks. And as I'm listening to YouTube, it kept stopping to give me these ads about how you can do nothing and make six figures. And you're like, shut up, that's a lie. No one's going to pay me to do nothing. No one is that stupid with that much money to waste. And just here, what are you going to do? I'm going to pay you. Why? Because you're not doing anything. Like, no. That's a scam. They're just going to try to get you to pay them to tell you how to get other people to pay you to tell them how, like, he's like, this doesn't work. This is ridiculous. But as I was thinking about it, I'm like, okay, so if my desires don't automatically come to pass just because I desire them, what is the secret? And as I was reading in Acts the other day, I came across a verse. And in this verse, I said, I think, sorry, in this verse, I was like, is the secret to success? So Acts chapter 17, verse 2. And Paul went in as was his custom on three Sabbath days and he reasoned with them from the scripture. Uh, Mark chapter 10 verse 1 talks about Jesus and how these cr- the crowds gathered around him and again, according to his custom, once more he began to teach them. And when I, I read that, I'm like, wait a second. Okay, so when I read the Bible and you start doing things. I hear about the customs and they have like a negative connotation in my head. And I blame the Pharisees. So if 
if you're like, I am totally new to the Bible, this may be you're like, why do you have a problem with his customs? But if you've been around church long enough, you've probably heard something about the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were constantly mad at Jesus because he disrupted their customs. They had things the way that they liked them, and then he would go do something, and it like rocked the boat. And they're like, what are you doing? You just healed somebody on the wrong day. Like, what are you doing? You're disrupting the way that things are supposed to go. And he gets into one thing with them. And in Mark chapter 15, they're upset at him because his disciples ate some um, stuff without washing their hands. And they're like, you're breaking these. And he goes, yeah, but you're breaking God's law for the sake of your tradition. And so sometimes I got this like idea that the traditions were bad. And I have to confess, as a family, I don't have many traditions. As a Vanderclock family, I married my wife. They have traditions galore. And so it was like this shocking thing. She's like, well, what's the tradition for this? I'm like, I don't know. Like, what do you mean you don't know? Like, what are you guys going to do for this holiday? Is it coming? Like, she's like, yes, it's this week. It's kind of a big deal. I don't know. We'll call mom three days beforehand and go, what are we doing? <gasps> it's that's this week? Yes. Okay, come over. And we'll find food. Like, sweet. That's good enough tradition for me. Show up and eat something. But, like, they plan things out and they have all these traditions. But I, I look and I'm like, wait, so they aren't, it, it was easy for me to look at them as if the traditions were bad. But an individual's customs or an individual's traditions are simply the things that today we would call a habit. Your custom is just the thing that you do over and over and over. So your customs can be amazing or they can be horrible. Some customs have a huge impact. Some customs don't. Some customs you can survive. Some customs will make a huge difference. But as I was looking at this, this is the conclusion. Our lives are directed by our habits, not by our desires. I'll say that again. Our lives are directed by our habits, not by our desires. A desire that's not acted upon will only lead to disappointment. But a habit will take you on a path that will lead you somewhere. Our habits take us to being rich, broke, happily married, divorced, wise, foolish, uh, fulfilled, empty, loved, isolated, healthy, unhealthy, physically, and spiritually. Our habits are what take us places. I believe it was John Maxwell who said, let me watch you for a day, let me see your habits, and I'll show you your future. He, he looked and said, if I can look at what you make a habit of, I can tell you where you are going. And as I, as I was looking, I said, well, then what, what are my habits? What, what customs mark my life? And where are they taking me? Is that where I want to go? And, and my, I'm going to go over some different habits, and we're going to talk about a few different things as we go on. But my, my big challenge for you is to go, what are your habits? Are those habits going to take you to the destination that you want to go? Because your habits are taking you down a path. The question is whether you want to go where that path is leading. As I begin to look and go, okay, is, is a habit taking naps all the time? Is it how you're dating, reading, TV, working out, 
Bible reading, prayer, witnessing, pouring into your kids, ignoring your family, stressing, boredom, eating, receiving correction, or making excuses. As I looked, I realized that habits, a lot of our habits, we don't know we have. Because when it becomes a habit, we stop thinking about it. And we just keep doing it. And habits become so a part of us that we forget we could even make a choice in that area. Because that's just what we do. It becomes so automatic, which can be amazing or horrible. If you set a good habit, it can be so awesome that most of you guys don't have to be reminded to brush your teeth. You're not like, shocking revelation, I haven't brushed my teeth in a month. Like, you're like, why? Because your parents harassed you a bunch as a kid. And we're like, you got to brush your teeth. You're like, no. I, I, I know that because I'm going through it. I have little ones. You're like, you got to brush your teeth. And they're like, why? I'm like, because you want to keep your teeth and your breath stinks. But, but, it, but it's the thing. But it gets to the point where you stop going, all right, am I going to brush my teeth? And you're like, hey, I finished breakfast. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to brush my teeth. And you're just like, you're just like, what are you doing? I'm brushing my teeth. Why? Well, because that's what you do. It's a habit. You don't think about it anymore. You just do it. But that's true of of brushing your teeth. That's true of how you speak. That's true of whether you look for the positive or the negative in a situation. That's true of how you handle your temper and anger. That's true of what you meditate on and if you're filled with anxiety and worry. So many of these different things are the our habits or the byproduct of our habits that we have forgotten that we have. And they're taking us places and we don't realize it because we've had this thought that someday I'll just become these things because I want to. I remember being a kid and you're like, being an adult was so far away. And I had all of these thoughts that someday would automatically be fulfilled because I would turn into an adult. And you're like, someday I'm going to grow up. And when I grow up, I'm going to A, B, C, and D. And then one day you're like at the family reunion and you're like, I snuck away from the kids' table. And I sat with all the adults. And then I blinked and I had a kid at the kids' table. And you're like, how did that happen? Does that mean I'm an adult now? And you're like, does, does that mean all of my expectations of adulthood are automatically coming to pass? Because as you, as you look, you'll discover that age is mandatory, but maturing uh, is optional. The choices that I'm making are going to take me places, and we don't even realize it. I think the scientific term, uh, would, would they'll tell you, or they're saying, is that neurons that fire together, wire together. That as we make a choice and we do it over and over, our brain produces neurological pathways and it becomes a stronger and stronger connection to respond the same way in subsequent events. And we can create a pathway that's so strong that we, it becomes our default that we don't even think about. And it just happens over and over. And then... It's easy to think that those habits are who we are. 
because it just happens. Because we didn't choose it, we just did it, so it must just be who I am. And we can begin to see and we can begin to, to live out of that. And it's important because our, our habits are going to bring us to a destination and intentional habits will bring us to a destination that we choose. Accidental habits will bring us to the destination that they lead to, whether you picked it or not. And, and so it's this challenge. As I, I got looking at it, I said, but, but can't I just make a great choice? And you're like, great choices will only take you so far. Do you realize that if one day this week you choose to set aside fast food and eat a salad, it's probably not going to make a massive difference? That if you choose one time, you're like, I am going to go to the gym and I'm going to work out harder than anybody there. And it's your one time at the gym, it's probably not going to make a massive difference. But do you realize if you keep choosing to go to the gym, it'll change your body? That if you change your eating, not at the one meal, but consistently, that the habit will change you. I guess my, my father says this often. He says that we overestimate what we can do in the short term, but we underestimate the power of consistency or what we can do in the long run. And we get upset when we try one thing for a moment and it doesn't work. But we're building a habit. And if we change something and make a new habit, we'll change the direction of our life. And the direction is an amazing thing. If you ever trade, I don't know if, how many of you guys shoot things, shoot targets, but there's this thing. If you shoot at a target that's close, you don't have to be a good shot. The closer it is, the less skill required. From two feet away, you can about be blind. Okay, like it just doesn't require much. But the further away that the target is, the more it matters how good of a shot you are, how consistent. Because if you're off this much at two feet, it doesn't change. At 100 yards, that's a long ways off. At 500 yards, you don't even know where you hit. Because that little bit, when you take it down the road, goes a long way. Our habits are setting the direction that we're going, and down the road, it's going to take us a long way. And as I, as I begin kind of going over this, I was listening to a message the other day, and, and he, he made a comment. And he said, what you've been calling personality is just the patterns that you have. And how often we look and go, well... I'm just short-tempered. I'm just late. I'm just, and we have all of these things where we'd go, this is just who I am. I'm just a worry board. I'm just, and we have this whole like list of things that we can like declare ourselves. And we look at other people and we often look at their habits and we go, well, I just wish I was like them. But I'm just not. And we've mistaken our habit for our identity. And we've forgotten how many of these things are habits. I cannot tell you how many people will tell me I am a morning person or I am a night person. Do you realize that that's a myth? It's a habit. 
And if you think that I'm wrong, hear me out. I have traveled. If you travel north and south, it doesn't matter. But you travel east and west, and you get this thing called time change. And if you travel there very far, all of a sudden, your nights and days are backwards. When I went to college, the time difference was 14 hours. And you get there, and on the first bit, you're like, I am now a night person, day person. I don't know what kind of person I am. I don't know what day it is. But within two weeks, you have now made some habits, and you have adjusted your clock. And people all the time, they're like, I don't know if you ever like look forward to daylight savings or what do they call it when they undaylight save? Whatever. But you're like, all right, I'm going to reset my personal clock because it's going to be easier to get up after this because we're adjusting the time. But like in no time flat, you're like, I'm on the new schedule. Because we're thinking that this external change is going to change us internally. But if we go into the external change with the same old habits, we just adjust. And all of a sudden, we're still up as early or up as late as before. And we can make some decisions, and you go, but I never chose. I didn't want to be like this. And you're like, you didn't choose, hey, I want to sleep in, or I want to this. You, you chose to stay up late watching TV, or you chose to set an alarm, or you chose, and there's these different habits that begin to have an effect. And in some of those, it's a minor thing, and it's not a big deal. You can choose to be efficient no matter whether your day starts at 7 a.m., 5 a.m., 9 a.m., a lot of people are like, I'm so efficient. I woke up at 4 a.m. Like, okay, pick on my dad. I like to pick on my dad sometimes. He's got to pick on me for years. He starts his day before the day starts. Like, it's still night. And he's all, like, I got three hours of this in. I'm like, how do you have that many hours? And he wakes up at a ridiculous hour. But then it'll be evening time. And it's like, it's evening. And he's in bed. Like, dad, it's not night. It's evening. He just has his own time zone. Like, <laughs> it doesn't really matter so much where your time zone is, and you might live in the same area or in the same house, and they have a different time zone because of their habits. But the question isn't so much whether you started your... If, if you've got, hey, I'm going to be awake for 16 hours, I'm going to be awake for 18 hours, but what did you put in those 18 hours? And it may be easier to be productive... For, for my dad, I know it's easier for him to be productive in the morning. I know personally, I get up early because my kids are still asleep. I love my children. But children and quality time reading are not conducive um, together. So my time reading happens while they are in bed. And when they come, up, come down early in the morning and they find me, I'm like, I am reading. They're like, yes, can I tell you? After I'm done reading, you can sit right there and you can read or you can play a game or you can... This, but there's a habit. And the habit makes a difference. But there are so many of these areas that we have declared our identity, but they are habits, and habits can change. Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. It's easy to say, well, this is just who I am but you can put off the old just who I am, who I was, and you can put on a new one. You can choose a different habit. 
And I love in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, it's probably one of my favorite passages. He goes through and he lists all these different hangups. And he gets to the end of the list and he goes, and such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. He goes, what you were does not need to be who you are. And so as I, as I looked at this, I was looking through my Bible at different habits and I started to write them down. In fact, the, the message birthed out of that verse in Acts 17 and I wrote down like five different habits that I'm like, these are massive, big habits. And then as I started to like write out the message, I felt like God was like, and pause. I'm like, you're pausing my message. Okay, what's up? Uh, so I felt like God goes, there are some habits that need to be mentioned that people don't know they have. There are some big habits that, that are important that you probably recognize the need for. And hopefully I can get to those five. But I want to do a quick mirror check. Um, and I want to check for a couple of things. My wife was harassing me this morning because she said that I don't look in the mirror. And it's not true. I just don't pay attention to myself in the mirror. But she's sitting here and she's like, well, your collar. And I'm like, what happened to my collar? I don't know. It's probably nice when I left the house and maybe I, I messed up with my coat, but she's like, that, that's why guys need wives. They need a wife that can straighten them out. I'm like, sweet, do it. So she shows up and I just like stand there and I'm like, fix it, whatever I gotta fix. But sometimes we need to do that spiritually. And we need to look and go, all right, let me take an evaluation of me. Take an evaluation of some of the areas of my life that I have grown so used to that I think it's just normal. I think it's who I am, but it may be a habit in my life. And one of the, the first habits I want to address is how you speak. How you speak is a habit. Now, not just the language that you, that you choose, that you've learned, not the accent that you speak with, but Proverbs twelve eighteen says, there's one whose rash words are like sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the fools pours out folly. Proverbs 15.2. Proverbs 18.21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Our mouth is so powerful. And I, I could say, I could do a whole message here. I have done a whole series just on this one little thing. Because it's not a little thing, it's a huge thing. But there are so many people who are trying to figure out what to do about a mess because they have a habit of speaking and then thinking. And they're like, I don't understand. They're just like, I'm just speaking my mind before I've made up my mind. But the problem is that that causes damage whether you thought about it before. If I bust out a gun and start shooting, the gun doesn't ask, is it on purpose? Did you mean to pull the trigger? Neither does your tongue. And in our home, how we speak, whether we're speaking life to those around us or whether we're cursing those around us, and there's this thing in our society where we think often that a curse is when you find a spell book and then you open it up and you go abracadabra kapoof and turn somebody into something. That is not, well, I guess technically you could call that a curse. But that is, that is a very abnormal curse. Do you know the most common curse is when I speak negative over something or someone's future? 
If I was to look at somebody and go, you're never going to, you always fail. When I speak negative and I declare not just like, hey, that was a mistake. You made a mistake. So you did. That's a past tense. But when I say you are, when I say you will, when I say you have and you never, I am prophesying whether I mean to or not. And some of us are highly blessed because we have prophesied over our future. And we have said, I am blessed and highly favored. We have looked at our children and said, you will succeed. You are a blessing from the Lord. And others are frustrated and they don't understand why their kids have such distance because they looked at their kid and said, are you ever going to achieve anything? You're so annoying. Why won't you shut up? And the habit that they have with their words, they don't think, they just speak. And they don't realize that the future that they're going to walk in is the one that they've been speaking. And it's a habit. And we may need to uproot some things. We may need to make some apologies. And we may need to have some friend filters. And that means you give some people some permission to call you out. And to go, hey, do you realize what you just said? Is that the future that you want? Do you want your wife to always do that? Do you want your husband to do that every day? Do you want that to be what your kids turn into? Do you really want your car to be condemned? The, the amount of things that people condemn that they want blessed is remarkable. But it's a habit. And life and death are in the power of the tongue. And most people don't realize that when they're speaking, they have made a habit. They think it's part of who they are because it's become normal. But just because it's become normal to you doesn't mean it's who you are. And it doesn't mean that you can't change. We can choose to set new habits. And it may help to have some of those friends who go, hey, you did it again. Because the problem is with the habit is that you do it without realizing that you're doing it. So you may need people. And don't try to help everyone who doesn't want help. <laughs> it doesn't go very well. My father often says, unsolicited advice is seldom taken. And it's often resented. Um, so you need people, but you may need to, to go and give people permission. Say, hey, I want to make a habit of speaking life. Will you help me? And you may watch a big smile come across their face. Really? Yes. And, and some of you guys, it's the words you use. Others, it's the tone. It's the volume. And, and it can be a powerful thing when you go, you know what? I'm going to change my habit. Well, one of the areas kind of connected to this, but do you have a habit of being grateful or of complaining? Because those are a choice, not a byproduct of circumstances. And, and you can choose and you can look 
And no matter what is going on, I promise you, you can find something to complain about. Or you can find something to be thankful for. There was somebody, I will name Sue, and I happened to be there. When Sue could find something to complain about, like it was a contest. And I, I, I was there when someone who was helping her manage some of her finances told her that they'd lost some money and she was upset and she complained. And then I was there when they were like, hey, these are doing really well. Your investments are improving. And there she was like, then I'm gonna have to pay taxes. <laughs> Doesn't matter. What it is that's happening, you can choose to find what to be grateful for or what to complain about. And if your habit is always finding something to complain about, you're probably not happy very often. And, and it's, it's not a, a jab at you. It's an opportunity to go, oh, it's more fun. You feel better when you're grateful than when you're complaining. And, and that's not... Shocking revelation, I don't think, to anybody. But we can choose, am I going to look for the thing that I can be grateful for or am I looking for something to complain about? And there's a lot of people in our society who only think they have a right to talk if they have something to complain about. And so you'll see them and they're just like, woe is me. And you're like, what's the woe this week? And they're like, uh, and they'll come up with something. But we get to choose, it's a habit. Proverbs eleven twenty seven 27 says, whoever diligently seeks good finds favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it. You will find what you're looking for. All right, I've got a lot of these, so I'm going to keep moving. Your temper is a habit. Proverbs 24, no, sorry, Proverbs 22, verse 24 says, make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and be entangled yourself in a snare. I have talked to people and they're like, <clears throat> I'm just Irish. It's a redheaded thing. And, and they'll go through and I've heard different people and, and I've heard Italians, I've heard Irish, I've heard, I have heard all sorts of different groups. They're just like, we're just claiming a, a temper. And you're like, um, that's a bad idea. Right here it says that you can learn it. Now I was doing some research and there was a, a worker who worked with court-ordered domestic violence offenders. They said they worked with 4,500 of them and they had never met one who didn't feel like a powerless victim. They were the ones who were in trouble with the law because of their temper. All of them, sure, it was everybody else's fault. If they hadn't, if they wouldn't, and they had thought that the temper was something that is automatic, that just is a byproduct of the circumstances because they didn't realize that they had started making habits probably from the time they were two. And I want to recognize that if you have a habit that you have had for 30 years, it's probably not going to mirac miraculously disappear in 30 seconds. When, when you recognize, that's a bad habit, I'd like to change. That's a long time to program something. But you can reprogram something. 
I don't know if you've ever played sports, but they, they, they make you do this thing called practice. And there's a saying called practice makes perfect, but it's a lie. Practice makes permanent. Practice makes neurological pathways that fire together and wire together and change the way that you respond. But you can choose to rewire those. You can build habits you didn't have. I remember when my brother-in-law started kickboxing. And he did a little bit, and then he started getting serious. He was, uh, we were kickboxing, and there was a guy who was the lightweight and super lightweight world champion who owned the gym where he worked out. And <clears throat> I was there when the champion looked at him and goes, I could make you the Australian champion. And Tim's eyes lit up. And he's like, really? And he started kickboxing for real. And it was funny because they would do stupid things. I say stupid things like rub a, uh, a bar or a glass jar up and down their shins to kill the nerves. Um, and they would kick things, but it, he programmed things into him that were not there. And I remember standing there in a meeting and somebody walked up to him and, and Tim's talking and this guy walks up and goes like this. And Tim's talking, but while he's talking, he just goes like this. He's got a, a shin up and an arm up and he is ready to block that kick and then will like not, he's like, hasn't even like left the conversation and this happens. And you go, why is that? Because he spent a couple of weeks in training going, here's what you do. Here's what you do. Here's what you do. And the first time you get into it, you don't do it right. So they do it over and 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 over until it becomes excessive. When we want to make a habit, when we need to change some of our programming, we're going to renew our mind and it's a process and we're going to reset it and we're going to choose on purpose. And when we do, we can change the direction of our life. We can say, hey, you know what? The dream that I have is a marriage that's awesome. Are my habits going to take me there? Is the way that I speak to my spouse going to take me there? Is the habit of how I pursue my spouse going to take me there? Is the habit of the time that I give my spouse going to take me there? Because my habits are going to determine whether I reach that dream or not. If I look and I go, hey, my dream is that I get promoted to the top level at my company. Are your habits going to take you there? Because I've talked to people who are like, they're paying me minimum wage, they're going to get minimum wage work. And your habit's going to keep you there. Are, you, are your habits going to get you to the place that you want to go? Or are your habits the reason that you're not going there? Because we have a choice. And, and these are huge. And I have... Five points that I'm going to not get to. No, I'll, I'll get two of them in like for 30 seconds. All right. None of you are surprised to hear this. A habit, as I look in the word, I, I, I can't get into all these, but I, I want you to, to recognize that spiritually, there are habits that you want. There are habits 
that you need. If on your list of goals and dreams to say, I want to be a man or a woman of God, do you have a habit of seeking God? Because when I look at Jesus, I see that Jesus had a habit of departing and going and praying, going and being with God. I was listening to Willie George a while back, and he said this. He said, what's inconsistent becomes infrequent, and what's infrequent becomes ineffective. He looked at prayer, talked about working out, but he went through and goes, so many people go, I should do that, and they do it once. And they're like, my life has not been revolutionized. Or they go through it and they're like, they, they, they don't have a consistent time that they're going to do it. And so it happens at random and then it happens less. And then it happens less. The more infrequent it becomes, the less effective it becomes. And I want to challenge you. If on your list you say, I want to be a man of God, I want to be a woman of God, then choose to set a habit of seeking him. Pick a time and pick a place. And you can say, hey, I'm going to take my commute to work and I'm going to listen to the Bible. You can say, hey, I'm going to wake up this early and I'm going to read my Bible and pray. Or when I get home from work, I'm going to. And if you make a block and you go, in this window, I will. Or every day, I will... spend X amount of time or X number of chapters, you can start to build a habit. But if you just go, it's a good idea, it will probably never happen. Do you know how many people set New Year's resolutions because it's a good idea? And most of them don't make it beyond three weeks. Why? Well, like, I should get in shape. I should. And you're like, yes, you should get in shape. Yes, you should spend time in the Word. But it's like this haphazard thing. And so on like day three, it's no longer convenient and then it stops happening. But if you want to make a habit, if you say, all right, this week, this is when. This week, I will, when I wake up, I'm going to set the alarm. When I go to bed, when you set the time and you watch as you create new habits and your habits will shape your future, whatever they are. And as I was looking at all of these, every habit starts somewhere. And as we look at at following God, going, hey, if I'm going to start a habit, if I'm going to follow God, I have to ask, have you started that? Are you following God? Have you made him your Lord? Because you will never get to the end of the path you don't start. Can everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? If you're here and you say, you know what? I have, I have not made God the Lord of my life. I don't know if I'm right with God. I may know a lot about him, but I have not put him first in my life. I wanna, I'm gonna count to three. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. He says, whoever calls in his name will be saved and you can start this journey. You can start down this path today. 
If today you want to know that you're right with him, you want to start this journey, get ready. One, two, three. Go ahead and raise up your hand. If you're online, you can just type in, that's me. Go ahead and raise it up. Awesome. Hand back there. Who else says that's me? I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. All right. The Bible says that whoever calls on his name will be saved. So that's what we're going to do. So go ahead and repeat after me. Say, God, thank you for loving me. I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid the price for my sins. I believe he rose again. Victorious over sin, death, and the devil. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. I receive Jesus as my king and my Lord. I will no longer live to please myself. I will live for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.